Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Aplastic Anemia and MDS International Foundation podcast series. We're coming to you today thanks to generous support from individuals, donors, and our corporate partners, including Celgene. My name is Tricia, and I'd like to introduce everyone today. First, Robert Burleson, our communications manager. Hello, everyone, and I'd like to introduce Brandy Wright, who is an aplastic anemia survivor, and she's also a volunteer in our peer support network and also helps out at the AAMDSIF March for Marrow in Milwaukee. Hello there, Brandy. Hello. Thanks for having me. Pleased to have you here. So let's get started. Uh, so first, we just would like to know a little bit about you, what your life was like before you received your diagnosis, uh, what you were doing and how things were going. I was first diagnosed with aplastic anemia in 2007. Um, at that time, I was in college and it, it was my senior year of college. And um, so I um, first noticed like a rash on my legs um, that was petechiae. And then I went to my um, primary care physician and um, she did some blood work on me and additional tests and it came up that I had aplastic anemia. So I was first diagnosed that way. Okay. About how long did all of this take? Of course, there's a process where you go to the primary care physician and often are referred to a specialist and there's tests and bone marrow biopsies. And how long did all of this take from when you first noticed something and got the diagnosis? So um, the whole process, um, it, 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 I, I would say about one to two months where I was just kind of going back and forth from my doctor and, you know, they, were, they weren't sure what was going on. And then they ended up sending me to a hematologist and, um, you know, and then that took like six months at least and during that time frame I ended up being in the hospital and I was in the hospital through like March of 2007 until the end of 2008 actually okay wow. so there was an extensive uh, period of time for all this to uh, happen okay well thank you now I'd like to ask you during this first part, this diagnosis period, um, you know, right after you were diagnosed and pre-diagnosis and then right after you were diagnosed, what were the biggest challenges for you, just personal challenges and uh, just living with what uh, you were coming to be diagnosed with in a short time after? So um, I re really wasn't sure what aplastic anemia was. Um, I've heard of it, but I didn't know what it was. Um, I I was fairly healthy, and um, so I I just saw my primary care physician just for like minor things like the flu and things like that. And so um, so just going to see a different doctor was a challenge, and that and then my hematologist um, like had me get blood transfusions and platelet transfusions and I was doing that on a weekly basis and that was interfering with my day-to-day -day life and um, my school. 
So, um, so that was a ch- challenge also. Okay, so there were challenges as far as just getting through the day as well as just going to school and. Yes. Okay. Yes. Were you able to get back to school that year, or did you have to wait to finish your degree? So I actually ended up changing my major so I could graduate. So I, I changed my major because it was my senior year. So I had all my core classes done. I just, you know, and so I just felt it was better to change my major. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then can you just follow on after that? So after um, my hematologist and after, you know, getting blood transfusions on a weekly basis, um, it was decided that uh, um, that my aplastic anemia was turning into severe aplastic anemia. And so I, um, I had to eventually get a bone marrow transplant. And okay. I, ended up, I ended up getting a bone marrow transplant in 2008. Okay. Uh, can you just talk a little bit about that? That's a complex process, um, a lot of work involved in finding a donor and just the, the process. How did you uh, deal with all of that? Because that's a, a, an extensive um, kind of treatment. So, yes, it, it, it was. Um, and I ended up going to a different hospital. I went to, um, ended up having my bone marrow transplant at Freighter Medical College of Wisconsin. And um, so that whole process was a learning experience, experience and one I n- never would have expected. <laughs> um, so I had to go through additional testing. Um, which included like everything from um, bone marrow biopsy to um, just getting my blood levels checked, um, just uh, everything that I never would have expected to do. I had to do that. Um, so I, my brother and my sister were tested and to see if they were um, matched donors, and they won't. They weren't. So I ended up getting. Um, what they call a mud donor, a match unrelated donor. Right. And so somebody from Germany and it was an allogeneic bone marrow transplant. Okay. Then just, just changing topic a little bit to another side of this. Did you ever get discouraged along the way or truly frightened with what was happening to you? Yes, I did. And, um, you know, I, when, when you have a bone marrow transplant, you're treated in, well, most places you're treated in a cancer center without a cancer diagnosis. And so um, that right there was like a big shock to me. And um, just being in a cancer center, having cancer patients and cancer, um, everything around me. I mean, like just, um, and like when I would go to see um, other doctors and, uh, you know, at different areas of the hospital, you know, they would see on my file that I was from the cancer center and they would assume I had cancer. And my doctors told me to make sure that everybody I see knows I don't have cancer. And so that was, that was um, something that I had to deal with that, you know, um, I was treated in cancer center and without a cancer diagnosis, but, it was in the cancer family. So that was that was a big issue for me. I can understand that. Uh, now, can I ask you how you got through that? Was there anyone to help you or talk to? Uh, just one, 
what you've just described clearly is a, you know, a challenging uh, scenario. And how did right. you deal with those, uh, the feelings and, and discouragement that you may have, ex- you did experience? So I, I do have a supportive family, um, my brother, my sister, um, my sister-in-law, my mom and my dad, um, my friends. They helped me get through all of it, my doctors and nurses. Um, you know, they, they have social workers that work with you. Um, during that time frame, I, um, to help with the emotional side of me, I was on antidepressants and I did receive Reiki, which is like a relaxation technique. Mm-hmm. So, so that's those people helped me and those, you know, the support was given to me. Oh, thank you. Could you just follow on a little bit and tell us what happened with the social workers? That piqued my interest. They're there to help guide you through the process. Um, if you're having problems with getting a hold of your doctor, you can call them. They can help you get in touch with your doctor quicker. Um, if anything comes up with the insurance, they can help with that. Um Anything that you, your hematologist doesn't deal with, they can help you deal with, basically. Well, thank you. That's a lot of things that they do to support someone in yes. your situation. So following on, then what happened? You've had the bone marrow transplant. Uh, what happened to you next? Uh, what were you doing and how did you feel? So after my bone marrow transplant, um, I had I had it in June of 2008. Um, after that, I developed GVHD of the skin, and I had to go to receive treatment for that. And I received treatment for that for about 18 months. Um, and it's um, the treatment I I had was photophoresis, and they compare they compare that to dial dialysis. Mm. So. So I was hooked up to a machine for two to four hours. And I had to do that for um, two to three times a week. Uh, okay. And, and so there was GVHD from the transplant. Um, how, yes. long, how long did this uh, GVHD treatment that you've described as being somewhat like dialysis, how long did that go on for? Um, about 18, 18 months. Okay. And then it, we're presuming what you're saying here is that, that it subsided after that. Correct. Okay. Yes. Then could you speak a little bit to how we've talked about how the social worker helped you um, and others in, on that side of things. But when it came to the people on your medical care team, uh, just how did different ones of them help you, and are you still seeing any of them now? I saw a lot of them, <laughs> and um, so they were very helpful. However, they don't communicate with one another, and <laughs> that right there is frustrating. Um, so, and I was in the hospital for um, over a two to three year period, and so. Um, doctors take vacations and so there's more, you know, there's doctors covering for them and things like that. And that just, that creates more confusion and all that, you know, and so the, the doctors saved my, 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 all of my doctors saved my life. I'm thankful for them, but 
they don't communicate with each other, and that's very frustrating. <laughs> well, thanks for sharing that, just being, in all honesty, uh, the situation as it existed then. Um, and then, Brandy, uh, once you responded to the treatment, of course, GVHD happened, but the stem cell transplant um, has seems to have worked. Yes. How has your life been? How have you been feeling and what are you doing now? And we're talking about just your work life uh, and since you've you know gone on from school and just interests. Can you tell us, is your life kind of like it was before or is anything different? So my life is actually, actually better. Um, I enjoy things. I enjoy the small day-to-day things that I, I never really paid attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do a lot. I'm more active and I do a lot more um, outside world stuff. Um, when I was sick, um, I kind of, you know, researched aplastic anemia and I came, I, you know, that's how I came across um, AAMDS. And um, during that time frame, um, I just, you know, did, um, saw on aamds.org that you know all the community events and um, outside resources that they had, and um, so I came across that and I got some ideas, you know, such you know such as the coordinating the march for Marawak in Milwaukee and um, things like that. Wow. So. Well, actually, you just segued into my next uh, section of questions. Um, You said you found AAMDSIF and became first, it appears, involved with our peer support network. Yes, yes. And what's your experience been with that? So with that, um, I I like just being uh, uh, available to patients who are being treated um, with bone marrow diseases and it has gotten me in touch with some um, individuals, and so um, that's that's a great resource right there. It clearly is, right. and we thank you for helping out. Brandy, can you talk a little bit, can you kind of give the definition of the peer support network and then, um, you know, maybe say something about how many days a week you get a call so with that, I'm actually kind of new to that, you know, that um, segment of AAMDS. So um, I, I, my name is on your website and basically people just have gotten a hold of me. And um, I want to say like five to 10 people have gotten a hold of me um, through, through throughout the couple of years and they have. Um, come to my walk, actually, a, a couple of them. Did, did you, what kind of questions do they ask you? Um, they they just want to know, like, what it was like for me, you know, they just kind of want to know, like, what my story was and everything and um, how long it took and everything. Yeah, just basic uh, things wanting to know what you went through and compare it to their own experience. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. I am new to that part of your resources. So, so yeah. before that you had become involved in the March for Marrow in Milwaukee. Yes, I have. Yes. And how did that connection, you just found out about that on our website and made inquiry yeah. and became involved. Yes. 
Yes, and I was more familiar with um, like the walks that American Cancer Society do and um, other walks, and so I wanted to have my own walk, and mm-hmm. so I did the March for Mara. And what was? Did you have a specific role or just general overseeing? Um, what were you? So what was, were you doing I'm, with them? I'm the walk coordinator for okay. the Milwaukee March for Mara, and um, I just help organize and get it pulled together. Um, so I do everything from like getting, um, silent auction things, outside donations, um, getting anybody I know involved with the walk in any way I can. So you're really involved, uh, in volunteering in, in two specific ways with us helping out, um, more recently diagnosed patients. And as you said yourself, you're very interested in, they're very interested in what you uh, went through, just as you've detailed to us. Yes. Uh, Well, we've heard a whole lot about your story, uh, really from start to finish and how it started and what you're doing now. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you have, uh, Brandy, do you have one thought, if you could pick one thing out of everything that you'd like to share with other bone marrow failure disease patients who or perhaps where you were a number of years ago? So um, don't ever give up and be organized and you will get past this. Those are my thoughts. Thank you. What do you mean? What do you mean by being organized? So being organized. So um, keeping, you know, have, I, I still have um, like, I have three binders full of, of my lab, you know, my lab um, numbers mm-hmm. and um, any forms that I get from my doctor, um, anything that they tell you and don't write down, I would come home and I would write that stuff down. So um, I'm not a person who likes to journal. So I just kept everything. I just kept notes in, a, in, in my binders. So I, I have three binders full of paperwork from my doctors. Well, this is the kind of thing that uh, other patients who are where you were years ago would want to know, how being organized and keeping good records helped you. But Brandy, thanks so much for sharing really everything about your whole journey and the insights you've gained with us today. Yes. Over to you, Tricia. Well, thank you, Bob. And thanks so much, Brandy. Please know that you're making an impact on the lives of all our listeners today. And thank you, listeners, for being here. As a reminder, the AMDSIF helpline is here for you, just as Brandy mentioned. You can call at 800-747-2820, option 2, or email help at aamds.org where you can be connected to our peer support network and other support groups. To connect with your peers online, you can join through the confidential chat at marrowforums.org, which you can find also through our website, which is aamds.org. Thanks so much, Brandy. Thanks, Bob. And listeners, we'll see you next time. So long.